I love it. If you uh, have your your Bibles, I'm, we're going to be. You can go to Hebrews chapter chapter six, verse nineteen. And I've been in this series of this anchor series, and uh, uh, I just I love what God's doing. Week one, uh, we talked about being anchored in hope, and our hope is Jesus Christ and Him alone. Amen. Uh, last week we talked about the necessity of holding on to a secure. Uh, on that anchor of hope, and this week we're going to address this thing head on, that life is going to throw you some storms. How many know that life is going to throw you some storms? Amen. How many can say, hey, pastor, I'm in the middle of a storm right now, and, and you, you're facing something, and, and I don't care who you are, where you come from, uh, eventually in your walk with God or without your walk with God, you are going to face some struggles, some tribulations, and some things in your life. Hebrews chapter 6, uh, verse 19 is our key verse that we've been pulling from here. And the first part of this verse uh, is, is, is what we're really pulling from here. And it simply says this, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. A hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. The first part of that says we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. And that right there is talking about Jesus Christ and him alone. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Lord, Heavenly Father, today, God, I pray, Lord, that you would just change hearts. Lord, that you would move in this building. Lord, I know that you're already in this place. Lord, I know that you are moving in our midst, Lord. You are moving through these aisles and through these seats in the hearts of, of people today. God, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would begin to just do what it does. God, I pray, Lord, that it would just move and, and minister uh, life-giving to each and every person here today. God, I pray, Lord, that you would use me how you see fit today. God, help me to get out of the way. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. So I want to talk to you on this simple subject today, that storms will come. Storms will come. And, and here in Indiana, we know every once in a while a storm will just roll through here, right? And you'll have to go out and pick up your limbs. When I lived in Texas, they had some more severe type of storms, and storms would roll through there, and we would have at least, you know, a tornado or two, because it's there in Tornado Alley, uh, you know, every year there was storms that would just blow through, and they would, they would wreak havoc, but sometimes in our life, storms are going to happen, amen? It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when it's going to happen, amen? And storms are coming, and there will be adversity, there will be suffering, and there will be pain. And everyone said, amen. Boy, that's exciting, isn't it? Now let's go home. No, um, uh, no. And, but Jesus said it like this in John 16, 33. He said this, I have said these things to you that uh, in me you may, uh, or, uh, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. And then he said this, in the world you will have what? All right, are we in this world? Guess what? Uh, that does not exclude you from tribulation. But look what Jesus says here. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Uh, um, tribulation, if you look that word up in the original Greek, it means pressure or it means affliction. 
It means anguish. It means burdens. It means persecution. It means trouble. Another way to say it is tribulation is there is a pressing on you. How many can say, I've been in some trials and some situations that have pressed me, that have made me feel like I, I can't go on. I don't know if in, there's any basketball players in the house, but something that they do in basketball is they put a full court press on, and when they do that, the team that's passing the ball in, the team is right up on them trying to trap them and get them to mess up, and sometimes it feels like life is hitting us at full court press, amen? And, and, and I love the back part of this verse because, it, it, you know, when we're faced with situations, what we have to remember as believers is what Christ said, in me you'll have peace because I have already overcame the world. No matter what storm you're facing, no matter what situation you're facing, Jesus has already overcame that situation. Everyone, if you believe that, say amen. All right. Are you with me? All right, I'm just making sure you guys you guys look good today. Everyone smile at me real big. Show me your teeth. Don't take them out. Just show them to me. There you go. That's perfect. All right. Uh, all right. When we are faced with these uh, these situations, you know, we need to be prepared beforehand. Uh, um, you know, I've, I've, I've made this statement the last few weeks. An anchor is simple in design but powerful in its function. An anchor is really simple in its design, but it's powerful in its function. So imagine this with me. Last week I had a, a picture of an air, aircraft car carrier. Uh, but imagine this, a battleship uh, of the Navy or e even a large ship for that matter, setting out of port without an anchor. It seems uh, very, uh, very crazy, right? We would say, hey, that's crazy. There's waves out there. There's storms out there. There's unknown waters and unknown things out in the ocean, right? Uh, I can't help but think, you know, many of us are in this journey, and we're on life's journey, and we're leaving port without knowing that we're secure to the anchor of Jesus Christ, something to think about in our minds and what makes us think that we can leave port and exist without Jesus uh, so so many of us are just floating through life with no real direction or no greater plan for adversity and no anchor on board and maybe we don't see the need for an anchor maybe that's your case I, I, I don't feel like I need an anchor maybe we've never really had the plan ahead or maybe uh, we've we've had a relatively easy life right some of you say, hey, uh, you, you know, some people have been on easy street, right? And some of us may not have had hardship or suffering. But whatever the case may be, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when storms come. Jesus said in this life you will have tribulation. You're going to have troubles. It rains on the just and the unjust. Um, and so when storms come, come, what are you going to do? You know, storms will come. Last week, we looked at Matthew chapter 6, and it had to do with our hope in the kingdom of God. Seek ye first, what? The kingdom of God. That's what it said. This week, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 7 and how it relates to our hope in the middle of a storm. But um, just to give you a little bit of reference, you can go to Matthew chapter 7 if you, if you have your Bibles. Just to give you a little bit of reference, uh, a reference point of where we're at. 
Um, Jesus here in Matthew chapter 7, he is putting an exclamation point at the end of his Sermon on the Mount, okay? Matthew chapter 5 is the Sermon on the Mount. It's amazing. If you haven't read Matthew chapter 5, pull out your Bible this week, read Matthew chapter 5, and learn about the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and Jesus, it's primarily there, and he continues into Matthew chapter 6, and he gives some parables, and, and same thing in Matthew chapter 7. And, and here's the key. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount is the ideal sermon. It is, it is the perfect sermon. It is the greatest sermon ever preached. You know why? Because Jesus preached it. And he is the best. Sorry, he is the best. And he preached this. And see, throughout the years, there have been many books written about the Sermon on the Mount. Many people have tried to pick it apart. Many people have tried to scrutinize it. Many have tried to comment on it. But yet, it still remains today. Can I tell you something? When Jesus spoke the Sermon on the Mount, he spoke with authority and power that was given to him by his Father, and it remains today. Amen? I love this. But Jesus ends his Sermon on the Mount, and he's speaking on, on this topic of choosing. Everyone say choosing. And, and throughout uh, Matthew chapter 5 and 6 and 7, there's, there's things that Jesus says. He's talking about choosing. How many like to, the, when you get a choice on something? Okay, you could have lobster for dinner, or you can have a ribeye for dinner, or you can have both. Some of you just got excited for lunch, right? Or you can have a ribeye, or you can have Taco Bell. I'll pray for you, brother. But Jesus here, he, he talks about two things. He, and he gives us, he's talking about choosing. Number one, he talks about two roads. He said one road leads to life and the other to destruction. Okay, here's the second thing that Jesus talks about. He talks about two trees. He says one produces fruit and one is a failure. All right, here's number, here's, here's, here's number three, the, the second thing, or the third thing that he talks about. He talks about two foundations, one to stand on and one that will collapse. Now, in this world today, we hear a lot of people that just say God is love, and God is love. God is truth, and God is spirit, okay? God is truth and love. And here, Jesus is making a very pointed statement. You'll either take the right road or you'll take the wrong road, but you get to choose which one you pick. You'll either be a fruitful tree or you'll be a failure. You get to choose what that is. You'll either build your foundation on the solid rock or you'll build your foundation on the sinking sand. And Jesus says that to choose. So I want to look at these, these two foundations this morning. And Jesus, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's telling us that we need to make a choice. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, make a choice. Make a choice. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 and 27, uh, through 27, it says this. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man. Everyone say a wise man. Who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house. But look, it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. 
All right, look at this, verse 26. I'm about to get excited up in here. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, you have a choice. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Verse 27, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. So I want to just kind of just lead into this. Make a choice. Everyone say, make a choice. I want to I just note something here. So we're talking about a man who built his house on the foundation on a rock. And when the wind came and when the storm came, he was sustained. His house stood because its foundation was sturdy. And then there was someone else who built a house on the sand. And when the storm came and the wind blew and the flood came, his house was, it collapsed and it was gone. But I want you to note something. In both cases here, the builders both heard the words of Jesus. If you look back at this text, it says that both have heard. And what that leads us to know is one person made the right choice and one person made the wrong choice. Unfortunately, one builder acted upon them and, and responded to the teaching of Christ. I want to show you something. Uh, uh, Archibald Robertson, this old Baptist preacher from 1834, he said this, Hearing sermons is dangerous business if one does not put them into practice. I'd say I have to agree with that statement because I believe oftentimes as believers, we come in here, we hear, we hear, we hear, we hear. But where is the practical application in our life? You know, uh, it's one thing to hear something. It's harder to dig in and hear, and it's even harder to apply that or put that into practice. You know, it reminds me when I played basketball, my coach would say, hey, I need you to do this. I heard what he said, and I know what he told me to do, but I didn't always know how to apply that on the basketball court. Any of my basketball players know what I'm talking about. And there was moments where I needed to know that and learn that. And yet it would seem this is the exact choice Jesus lays out for us at the end of Matthew chapter 7. We've got to hear, and we've got to respond. It's not enough just to hear it. It's an action of faith. Uh, it reminds me of this. You know, my wife, you know, she'll be talking to me in the car, and she'll be saying something, and my mind will be, uh, I will be there, but my mind may be somewhere else, and she is, the, she is the queen of this. And she'll be talking to me, and I'll just be responding what, what I think is the correct response. Any of the wives know what I'm talking about. And, and I'll say yes, and she'll say, that was not a yes-no question, TJ. What did I just say is what she'll tell me, and I'll be like, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. And I, I have to stop, and I have to pay attention. I, I'll never forget one time I was, I was leaving church where I was, I was attending church, and I was walking out the back of the church, and the pastor was there. And I, was, I went, and I shook his hand, and I said, Pastor, that was a great sermon today. And I'll never forget this. He looked at me, and he said, what was your favorite part of the sermon? And I was like, ah. Just a word of the wise. Don't ask me after church. And I realized at that moment that I was there, I wasn't listening. And how in the world was I going to go apply what I just heard 
application, we miss it a lot. And here's the thing. We know storms are coming, but we feel wise enough to build a house, but we'll build it on not the hope of Jesus Christ. We'll put it in the stock market or we'll put it into our jobs or we'll put it into different things. And we just we just miss it. And, and storms are coming. So the choice is ours. Here's the choice today. You can build on a rock or you can build on the sand. And only one of those is secure. And when you build on the rock, it's building on Jesus Christ, which is a firm foundation. And when the tribulations of life come in and when they begin to blow and when the wind begins to blow and when the rain begins to howl, guess what? You can hold on to Jesus Christ. But if you build on the sand, this is what happens. When the storms of life come in, your world may collapse. You may feel broken. I, I, I am so blessed to know so many people and so many pastors across this nation. And I can tell you, uh, I, can, I can tell you, I, I know a, a dozen or more pastors that it seems like life never gets them down. And the key to their success and the key to their joy and the key to staying strong is that they've built their hope on Jesus Christ and him alone. Amen. And I, I've learned that many, many Christians, here's what we do. This is what we do. Instead of just trusting in Jesus in the first place, we use Jesus as a last resort. Oh, the storm's coming. I think I got this one, Lord. I think I got this one. Then our house collapsed, and then we're like, hey, Jesus, I need you now. I need you there. And here's what I, I know. We, we, instead of trusting Jesus up front, we put our trust in a lot of things. We float on our own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord God with all your heart. And what? Lean not to your... In all your ways acknowledge him. And what? He will direct your path. Some of you, some of you have thought, man, what is going on with my path right now? You've put your own trust in your own understanding instead of living and trusting the one true God. So, and, and, and here's the thing. We're all guilty of it. But again, it's our choice to trust in Jesus. If you've been there, say, hey, I've been there, Pastor. If you are there, say, hey, Pastor, I'm there right now. It's okay. Uh, if you've been there, be encouraged about this. Because here's the thing. Even Jesus' closest disciples, man, they were hard-headed. They were knuckleheads. They didn't get it. Man, most of us say, man, if I could just have spent a day with Jesus, I know it would have been amazing. These guys spent three and a half years with Jesus and still failed at times. Watched him do miraculous things, and they still messed up. But listen, if, you, if you're struggling with that, hey, you're in good company because the disciples messed up. But this is the way God works. There's grace for the process at the same time. And God is with you, and he goes before you. And there's, there's encouragement if we will listen and respond. And you got to be like the wise builder who built on the rock, not the foolish one who built on the sand. That way when the storm comes, and they will, you've got a firm foundation. Amen? All right. So I, I love the Bible. It's full of all kinds of examples, and I, I'm glad that, that I can glean out of the Scripture. There's, a, there's so many lessons. There isn't anything that you can deal with in your life that this does not have an answer to.
There is nothing in this life that you can deal with that God doesn't have an answer to. Try it. Try it. Try it. I dare you. I dare you. In Acts chapter 27, we see Paul, the same Paul in Philippians, who said, I've learned to be content in all circumstances. We see Paul in Acts chapter 27. Uh, He is there, and and he is in a moment, and and he, he knew he was struggling. And even though he was content in all circumstances, what allowed him to be this way is he knew who the anchor was. Paul knew that. He knew who the anchor was. He knew it was Jesus Christ, and he built his life upon and around Jesus Christ. I, I've always heard, you know, I heard this guy, this professor one time when I was at a, as a, as a young high school student, I went to this conference for high school students, and it was a, a Bible college. And I remember going in there, and this professor was, was giving a small lecture to a classroom, and he said, he said, you know, how many want, want God to be first in your life? And everybody in the room went, and he said, not me. He said, I want God to be the center of my life. Everything revolves around him. Everything revolves around him. And let me tell you, I went, man, it really changed my perspective because I want everything that I do. And Paul was one of those people. Jesus was the center of his universe. He could not do anything apart from him. In Acts chapter 27, Paul is a prisoner here, and he's heading to Rome to face trial uh, t- with Caesar because he's been preaching the gospel. And look at this, and I, I'm going to paraphrase a lot of this. If you, if you were to go through Acts chapter 27, you can go home and read it uh, today. By verse 9, there have been many exchanges, Paul trying to get to, to Rome here, and they're, they're jumping to little, little island to little island, and they're jumping ship to ship, moving, moving, and, and trying to get there and, and different ports. And in, in Acts chapter 27, 10, Paul warns them, He warns the centurion who is in charge of all the prisoners. He says, sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with uh, with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. And here's the thing. This was not Paul's first rodeo. It wasn't. See, Paul was a tent maker by trade. He was a rabbi by profession and a prisoner by decree. He had been shipwrecked three times up to this point and spent one day and one night out at sea in open oceans. And I don't know about you, when you've been through some stuff, it gives you some qualifications on things. He may not have been a sailor, but he has experienced life. Listen, some of you have been through some stuff, and there are some people that you need to testify what God has brought you through so they can hear and know that God can bring them through. Amen? So we look at this. Paul is not saying, hey, if disaster comes, he's saying when disaster comes. He's telling them straight up, hey, hey, this is going to happen here, guys. But as you can imagine, they don't listen to him, and they keep along their way. They're, this exchange reminds me here of Proverbs 29 11. And I love this. You, you ought to write this down. You ought to put this on your refrigerator. You ought to put this somewhere. Uh, oh, man, for all you wives, you should give this to your husband. All you husbands, you should give this to your wife. He who is often reproved yet stiffens his neck will suddenly be broken beyond healing. What that Proverbs is basically saying is those who, who are often corrected yet they are not, they, they stiffen their neck. They don't want to change. Guess what? They don't want to bend. They're eventually going to be broken beyond healing. So, so why are we so stubborn 
from the wisdom of others. I have teenagers. I tell them things all the time, and it's like it goes in one ear and out the other. How many parents can, can attest to that? It's like, listen, I am telling you something that is going to help you in life. I'm going to tell you something that's going to get you through a lot of situations here. This is valuable information. Oh, that's cool. In one ear and out the other. Why are we so stubborn spiritually when someone says, hey, build your house on a firm foundation. Don't trust in your own ways. Why are we so foolish when there's correction? Why don't we just build our life on the solid rock to start with? In Acts chapter 27, and, and I'm going to paraphrase this, verses 13 through 44, we, we see them set out to sail, and they begin to fight the storm. And Paul tells them uh, that he's heard from the angel of the Lord and that they will run aground. But Paul says, hey, be of good cheer. I will see Caesar, you know, because the angel of the Lord told him, said, hey, you are going to make it to Rome, just FYI, but you're going to have some detours along the way. Just FYI, you're going to run ashore. And, and so Paul is telling him, be of good cheer. Yeah, I mean, uh, as excited as you could be. And here's the problem here. The centurion here, he believed the master of the ship, but Paul believed God. Do you see the difference there? Paul was trusting in the Lord. The centurion was trusting in the knowledge of the ship owner. Look at this. It's like the sand versus the rock. It's like putting your hope in the sand, putting your hope in the rock. So, and Paul, Paul told them this on the 14th day. He, they were fighting the storm. He said, you guys need to eat something because the boat's about to run ashore. You guys better be ready because we're going to be out at sea. Uh, but here's the deal. We're going to make it. And so they run ashore, and, and there they are at the island of Malta. Everyone say Malta. All right, Acts chapter 28. See, we went through one chapter just like that. Isn't that amazing? Pastor, you are fast. We went through one chapter right there. Uh, Acts 28, verses 1 through 6, we see that they land, uh, and, and the guards force the prisoners to start gathering wood. The people of Malta show them mercy, and they show them unusual kindness, and they built fires for them. And, and, and you've heard me preach on this. Paul, when he lands, he doesn't murmur and complain. He just goes to work, and he starts gathering wood. And I, when I've preached on this before, I, I made this made this as my point, is, and that was, hey, you know what? Sometimes in life we are gathering wood to put on a fire to warm someone else. And it's not always just about us, but there Paul, he finds himself gathering wood, and, and he goes to work. He's not shaking. He's not crying about it, and he, he's creating a fire for someone else. And we can learn from this in the middle of the storms. It's time to give our best for others. You know what? When I'm going through something, it amazes me. When, I, when I'm going through something and I'm struggling and I begin to just pour out to someone else, God begins to pour back into me. Instead of just going to my little corner and being like, whoa, poor little TJ here. I'm going through trouble. No one loves me. No one cares about me. No, but what I found is if I get busy loving on people and I get busy telling people about Jesus and I get busy telling people that there's hope for them, that God begins to restore to me. Amen? So there he is, and he is doing the good thing, and while he's gathering wood, he's bitten by a snake. Man, isn't that like the devil when you think you're trying your best? I am doing my best here, God, and a snake's going to bite me? What's up with that? 
Paul, bitten by this snake, he shakes it off into the fire, and the locals are there, and they're like, he's going to die. And when he does not die, they're like, wow. Matter of fact, they, they begin to worship him, and he's like, whoa, 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 time out. Don't worship me. Don't worship me. Worship my God. And as the story continues, Paul meets uh, this Malta official, and this guy is sick in his body. And Paul goes and prays for this man here. And when he prays for him, he is healed. They're there on Malta for three months. And he goes around and he prays for people, and they are healed. He loves on people, and God uses him in a mighty way. So, so I want to tell you all this. I said all that to say this. Through this story of Paul, we see what can happen when you've made to a choice to build your house on the rock and not on the sand. You think your life's tough? Have you been shipwrecked lately? Have you been thrown in prison for preaching the gospel? Have you been bit by a snake? Have you been run ashore in a boat out in the ocean with a bunch of smelly prisoners? Here's some things that I learned from this story, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Is this. Number one, this is, this is amazing. Paul was completely content through a violent storm. When you know your foundation is on the rock of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what storm blows because you will be content knowing that God has you secure, securely anchored. He was content through the violent storm. He was content in the shipwreck and being stranded. In fact, he seemed to take it all with stride. Look, he knew they were going to shipwreck. The Lord told him, the angel of the Lord told him, he knew they were going to shipwreck. But yet he's just like, you know, God's just going to take care of it. If God says he'll do something, he'll do it. Amen. Do you believe that? Look at your neighbor say, if God says he'll do something. Come on, say, if God says he'll do something, he'll do it. Have some faith. Oh, but it's not happening in my timing. Trust God, build your house on the rock. Number two, I, I love this. Paul, he took advantage of the time he had there on Malta. You know what I like about him? He's, he's there. He's stuck with these people. Well, I'm just going to preach the gospel to these people then. If they can't, I'm not going to be in Rome for a few months. I might as well tell these people about Jesus. Might as well show these people what God can do. I might as well share the hope that is in me to these people. He could have easily been like me and moped for three months. Nobody listens. Nobody pays attention. No, but he just began to love and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's, here's, the, here's the third one. God supplied through the people of Malta everything the crew needed. Think about this. This is a bunch of prisoners out here, out, out on this. And the people of Malta gave them food. They gave them a place to say, stay. They built them a new ship. They gave them provisions to continue their journey. And here's what I know. Romans 8.28 says, God works all things for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Can I tell you something? Some of you are struggling. You're not seeing it transpire in the timing that you thought that it would happen. Can I tell you something? God is working it all together. Trust God in the process. 
I don't know about you, if I'd have been Paul, I probably had some doubt in my mind at times and moments. This is what I learned from Paul through the storms, through the shipwrecks, through the snake bites and the sufferings of life. You can trust God that he's going to be faithful. Do me a favor. If God has been faithful to you, raise your hand. Look around. Look around at this house. No matter what you're going through, listen, there is testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony of God's goodness, His grace, and mercy. He's working all things according to His will and purpose. How many would say today, hey, hey, Pastor, I, God has brought me through some things, and God worked it out better than I thought He would. Here's what I'll say. So when the storm comes, choose him. Choose the firm foundation. Not the sand, not the world system, not your intellect, not your desires. Choose him. He is a secure foundation, a secure anchor. Choose his way above all others. Don't stiffen your neck and reject good wisdom. Well, I don't like the way they're talking. Maybe you need to hear what they're saying. Be tenderhearted. But this Christian life wasn't turbulent to Paul. It was, he was grounded. He's like, I'm good. I, I'm going to make it one way or the other. God's going to take care of me. This is what I've learned. It's not a matter of when storms come, or it's not a matter if storms come. It's a matter of when storms come. Amen. And this is the, this is the question. Will you be ready? Are you like a ship that's just out? You left port without an anchor. Life's just blowing you around. You're struggling to stay secure. I, I, I just can't imagine a ship leaving port without an anchor on hand. So why would we do that spiritually? Why would we struggle you bow your heads with me? Maybe that's that's you today I'm, I'm talking to. Maybe maybe you, you don't see the need for an anchor. Maybe you've never really had, a, had to plan ahead. Whatever your case may be, with your heads bowed and all eyes closed, wherever you find yourself today, I want to encourage you to choose Jesus. To choose Jesus. Jesus. Choose him over anything. Even if it sounds good and, and sounds like a secure option, choose Jesus. Because I could tell you if it's not Jesus, it's not going to hold fast through the fiercest storm of life. throw storms at you, make sure you are tightly fastened to Jesus Christ.
with your heads bowed and all eyes closed, I just want to give an invitation for you to know Jesus Christ today. To know him as your personal Savior. If you don't know him, you don't have a relationship with him. The Bible says, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're here today, just say, hey, I need to know Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you say, hey, I've been wandering around with, without my anchor, but I, I know where my anchor is. I, I need to, I need to get, get things right with the Lord again. I need to make some things right. I need to come and repent because I've trusted in my own understanding and the storms of life have just blown me away. Either one of those questions, if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, I want to give you that opportunity. And if you want to rededicate and make things right with the Lord today, I want to give you that option. With nobody looking around, would you just lift your hand? Anybody in this building? I believe that the Holy Spirit's doing a work in this house. Some of you have been shaken by storms in your life and situations. Can I tell you, put your hope in Jesus and Him alone. Anybody in the building today? Anybody in the building today? We'll take just a few more moments here. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Why do you take such a long time to do that? Thank you for that hand. Because there are people that are responding. That's why. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. on there's more there's more today there's more today thank you there's more today thank you thank you come on hands going up all over this place it's what the lord does listen i'm, I'm not giving you a guilt trip but but you know jesus he was very clear build your house on the foundation on the rock or build it on the sand you get to choose choose the road of life or choose the road of destruction you get to choose be a fruitful tree or be a, a, a tree that fails you get to choose today today's the choice this is what I'm gonna do today this I'm gonna do something a little bit different than what I normally do I just feel this in my heart I want you to do something if you're here today you raise your hand would you just take the step of faith and come forth I'm gonna ask my prayer team to come down here you're not gonna have to be down here alone you're not going to have to be down here alone. They're going to be here with you. You don't have to tell them what's going on. They just want to pray with you. Come on. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for responding. Thank